I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome back to the Unashamed podcast. I'm coming from the southern lair. Zach is MIA, as always. He's probably doing movie mogul business, uh, but he stays busy. Jason, Dad, coming from the uh, regular lair. And uh, we're doing a a series on the I Am statements from the Book of John, uh, which we kind of just got into an overview on the last podcast. So, Jace, what you got for us today? Well, uh, look, (laughs) I thought about these uh, for you that listened to the first installment of this. You know, he made seven metaphor statements or metaphorical statements about I am and fill in the blank. So he said, now, some of these statements had more than one aspect. So off the top of my head, the one we want to talk about today is I am the light of the world. But he also said, I am the door or the gate. Or the gate. Yeah. I am I am the gate. That's in, uh, where is that, John 10? John 10. Uh, he said, I am the bread of life. John 6. Okay. He said, uh, I am the shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. Yeah, that's also in John 10. All right. So that's four of them. I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head. I am the true vine. Or. Yep. Yeah, do they say I'm yeah. the tree or I'm the tree vine? I yeah. think it's tree vine. I've seen both. Uh, John 15. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's probably the most famous. That's in John 14. Now, that was in, in, 14. A, in a discussion slash argument with young Thomas. Because he was yeah. like, well, how do we know the way? You know, Jesus was saying, you know, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. The, the verse is probably read at more funerals than any other verse in the Bible. But the whole point mm. was was that. Because they're like, well, how do we know? I mean, what's weird is people in the funerals preach it like, talking about the yeah. The whole point was he was like, I'm the way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, we've talked about that on a past podcast. It's that text is talked much more about place when it's actually much more about person. And so then he said, uh, I am the resurrection and the life. Is that the seven? Did I get all seven? Yep, that's the, that's the last one. Yeah, John. I mean, I'm not real sure. I mean, like the last two that I just said, I'm not sure. When he said, I'm the resurrection, I mean, are we calling that a metaphor? I mean, he is the resurrection. It's a metaphor for what? A metaphor. Yeah. He, he's that. That's where I had trouble with this. That's why I said, well, there should be two more. And uh, with, right. which, and you say so because I basically said there's nine I am statements. We did. Well, we it, did it, technically, technically, it is a metaphor of the I am the resurrection, but it is more than a metaphor because who else could say that? <laughs> I mean, well, you took the bait because really, what I was going to say yeah. is we're saying metaphor. But these these statements, actually, after I studied just the one I am the light of the world, I realized there's more into these statements than what it appears. Yeah. Now, I wanted to do a little illustration uh, before I tell you something funny going on. Life changes. It's, it's full of ups and downs. And, you know, if you want to just 
you want something to change, especially in Louisiana when it comes to weather, just give it a second. And uh, so we made this big thing about Jesus uh, being the same yesterday, today, and forever, thus the statement, I am. And we, we read where this all got started, where Moses in Exodus 3 said, well, what name? He, he's having a conversation with God, and there's a bush that's burning, but it won't burn up. And he said, well, what, what name should I reference and he, he introduced, God did, the I am. Tell them I am has sent you. And so here's Jesus in the flesh now, God in human form. And he seems to, I mean, nine times in the book of John, he referred him himself as I am. And he, in John 18 that we studied last time, I mean, that's just what they said. We're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. And we talked about they the translators put in the parathetical he because they was they were trying to make the conversation make sense. What Jesus said didn't make sense. He said, I am. And they're like, do what? Oh, I am. That that that's who he is. That's that's his name. One of the the uh life's mysteries that I experienced, because you never know what's gonna happen in life. So I wake up uh this is a few days ago. I wake up and I hear a sound that I that I couldn't figure out. It, it, people were talking, and I it woke up early. It was still dark, and so I started walking through the house trying to figure out where are these people, because I didn't know anybody was there. It was just missing us in the house, and I can't find the source, but I still hear the hear the talking. So I see a light flickering outside. And so when I opened the the door to my back patio, I realized that I have a TV that's outside. It's it's on the patio. You've been to my house, Phil. You know, there's a TV. I got it right above the fireplace. Yep. So when we have a gathering, we you can sit outside and watch TV, which is kind of cool. Well, the TV's on, but there's a cover. The TV's in a case a wooden box, but I can barely see a flicker of light. So I lifted up the cake. Well, the TV's on. And I thought, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. Who turned this TV on? So I thought, you know, you know how your mind works. Somebody's playing a prank on me. They, they, they came to my house in the middle of the night outside and turned my TV on as a joke. So... I told Missy, I was like, did you turn this TV on out there? And she's like, that TV's not on. Because now it's daylight by the time she got out. I said, oh, it's on. So she walked out there and she's like, well, why didn't you turn it off? <laughs> and I said, well, I thought maybe, you know, I was trying to investigate. I was like CSI. I didn't want to touch anything, you know, till I figured out who turned this TV on. And uh, so she turned the TV off. So... I go about the day. I, I don't even think about it. I was like, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. Well, the next time I came in the house, I, he I hear a sound. I look out there because now I'm thinking sounds like TV's back on. And guess what? It's back on. So I call Missy. She's not there. I said, did you turn that TV back on? She said, nope. I said, what's well, back on? Well, this this happened for a couple more days. You turn it off, comes back on. So I thought somebody's playing a prank. So we we figured out 
I said, well, that TV came on the day uh, Missy had it had the back porch sprayed because, you know, pollen's real bad and all this, and we had been out of town and on the road. So she had hired somebody to spray off all the pollen from the with a power washer. So she, I said, call him up. Ask him if he did anything around that TV, you know. Well, the guy said, well, I did take your remote and put it in a drawer because we had problems finding the remote. We had to turn it off just by the TV, you know. So I thought something happened when he took that remote and put it in that drawer. You know, the TV came on. So uh, I said all this to say I still to this day haven't figured out why that TV's coming on. I don't know. And you say, well, is it on right now? Yep. What I did is I just turned the volume all the way down. So now it doesn't disturb me. Are, well, are y'all going to help one. me understand that? I'm putting this out here because I, I, I have no. Well, I've got one. Oh, I've got one theory. What's that? Is was from the movie Poltergeist. Did you ever see the movie Poltergeist? <laughs> no. <laughs> so so Poltergeist, they, uh, the TV kept coming on in the middle of the night, and the little girl kept being drawn to it, and it turns out they were buried. I mean, they were they built a house on top of an old Indian burial ground, and so they were a bunch of ghosts. They were living underneath their house, and they were turning the TV on, and they finally drew in the little girl through the TV. And so they had to go in and get her out, and that was the point of the whole movie. So maybe your house is on an Indian burial ground, and the ghosts are turning your TV on, trying to signal you for some reason. If you're wondering why I'm bringing this up, I, I thought maybe somebody out in Unashamed Nation would know why that's happening. And what I should do. So that's number one. Number two is we studied, uh, you know, we study as as a group individually for, you know, what we're going to say. And when we decided to do this I Am series, the first one that I started researching was I Am the Light of the World. Uh, where's that? John 5? And maybe we should. Uh, actually, it's John 8, 12. John 8, 12. I was way off. And then it's also a nine five. It's mentioned twice. Okay, so Jesus in eight twelve, and and I'll connect the dots with with what's going on with the TV. John eight twelve says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." And I just want to say, you know, when we studied, John, we pointed out that there's three L's that are pretty well the essential nature of what Jesus represented, which I believe are the essential godlike qualities, which are light, life, and love. And you see mm-hmm. that in the book of John. I mean, if you just think about those three things as you go through the book of John, it's really helpful. So I just started researching light. And uh, to get back to the TV, I... There's a guy that works. Uh, he's a computer. He's a uh, he's a what do you call him, Phil? You know the his eyes are real close together, and uh, he he's a he's a tech <laughs> geek. He's way beyond me. Real pale. 
Yeah. Because they don't get out in the sun. They're they're constantly dealing with wires and computers. And we converted a guy named we call him Jersey Joe. He uh, got all his after we he saw the podcast. He gathered up his wife and children, and uh, they all came to Louisiana. Contacted yeah. me. We went through the. Not through, that we're promoting this on a regular basis. We just but, <laughs> went through yeah. the gospel with him, baptized him, and we found out he has a yeah. he has a computer. I call them computer buffs. Computer buff. All right, that's what we're going. With. So buff. I call my computer buff. What I've I, never read. What I've never turned on. A, a yeah. box like that or a, a contraption. Yeah, I've never fooled with that. So well, you've but, turned on a TV. Now, if your TV was coming on every couple of hours with nobody pushing the on or off button, that would concern you. Am I right? That, that, that's that's walk in there with a weapon. Are you recommending? are you recommending that I just shoot the TV? I'm just saying, check it out with a with a, with a weapon. Well, I called my... Uh, Things have never happened around there. Well, if the TV's left on, Miss K may be able to run a chair, you know. So, uh, recently, I was at an event, and um, we had a little Q&A afterwards, and it's, the event wasn't really a pro-life event, but it was amazing because uh, Lisa had talked about um, her abortion uh, in our testimony. And so there were a lot of questions because we had gotten questions from the audience about life and about abortion and kind of what's happening out there because people know that we travel and speak in many states. And it's just a lot of unknowns and what's happening in states, what's happening in post uh, Roe versus Wade. And so Elise and I try to be as, as knowledgeable as we can as to what's going on both in the nation, but also in different states and you know, just so we can be aware to answer questions. And uh, it's, I, I will say this, it's a time where I think as believers and people who are pro-life, uh, we have to be educated, we have to be prayerful, and uh, we have to be engaged and involved in the pro-life movement. And that means you have to, you know, do what you can, uh, whether that's just supporting organizations uh, financially, whether that's volunteering your time, uh, whether that's uh being willing to walk alongside families, uh, being willing to put yourself out there for adoption or fostering families. Our family has been involved at every level, uh, whether it's on the abortion end of it or also the adoption side. So we just want to encourage you guys as our audience uh, to be engaged and to be involved. One of our sponsors is a great a group called 40 Days for Life. Uh, we want to encourage you to uh, be engaged with those guys. Uh, we, we support them. We encourage them. They have a million volunteers in 1,500 cities. Uh, they're the largest pro-life organization in the world, uh, and they're really in the best position to, uh, to end abortion. Uh, they've helped save 23,000 babies. Uh, they have these 40-day peaceful vigils, they call them, uh, all around the country. They've helped close 132 abortion facilities, and 45% of those were in liberal states so where abortion is still legal. Uh, like San Francisco, Chicago, Seattle. So uh, we love what they're doing. Uh, check out their locations. They've got a podcast. They've got a free magazine at 40daysforlife.com. Uh, stay updated on what they're doing. That's 4040daysforlife.com. Check them out. Get involved. Get engaged in the pro-life movement. So I called my tech guy. I was going to ask him about the TV. But 
an hour into the conversation, I I completely forgot the reason that I called him, which was why is my TV coming on? Because he said, well, what y'all, he listens to the podcast. He said, what are y'all studying? And uh, I started going down what I'd been studying about light based on Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. And uh, because I stumbled upon something fairly quickly, and uh, it was a lot like uh, me stumbling upon this supposed controversy for, you know, the chosen show, say it when Jesus said, I am the law of Moses, that, uh, that, that's out there that we address. But this controversy, because, you know, light is interesting. And one of the things that kept coming up just as I was studying is that there's an attack on Christianity. And I would say probably the, the most is written about this is because when you go back to Genesis 1-1, it says, I mean, we're, we're, we're in the beginning. I'll just read the first two verses of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I love that. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. So, Al, to use the, if we're going to use the metaphor reference, which we're saying these things are more than a metaphor, but we're, we're going back to where light came from. Now, the controversy that I wasn't even aware of, I can't believe I didn't know this, but well, he said, let there be light, and there was light, and he saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. And I've used this as an illustration before, saying that that's how the earth got started, and guess what? When the earth ends, in a spiritual sense, God will separate the light from the darkness, which I think is interesting. It is. So you say, well, how could this be controversial? Because verse 5 of Genesis 1 says, God called the light day and the darkness called night. And they're like, well, everybody should be getting along here. The problem is, this was evening and there was morning the first day. The problem comes along is that he didn't, he didn't create the sun, the moon, or the stars until day four. And you can read that. So the pe- people who don't believe, they're like, well, how you got light without the sun? You see? Mm-hmm. They're like, this whole thing's false. You're following a Bible that's not true. I mean, you can't have, you can't have light without the sun. That won't work. And so if I go to the end of the argument, because I wanted to ask my tech buff, who's also a brain when it comes to the Bible. He's like a human concordance. You just ask him. So before I got to the TV problem, I asked him, I said, hey, let me ask you something. Why did, or how does this work that God said, let there be light, then created the sun four days later? One hour later, I forgot the reason I called. You see what I mean? (laughs) It's like I pushed a button. (laughs) And one hour later, after hearing light discussed in every conceivable, because this guy's a brain, you know, 
And it was a fantastic conversation, and I would like to share some of that. And I think along the way, we will answer answer that dilemma. And uh, but I do the the I dropped the ball on asking about the TV because I never asked him, and I'm sure he would have you know he would have given an answer. So before we get into that and and, and what that represents, because I was going to say this, Al, and get y'all's take on it. When you think about what light does, and, and by the way, I don't want you to panic about well, where where's the how how could there be light without the sun? If the sun right now burned up, I mean immediately just or exploded, your flashlight would still work, right? Yep. So evidently, there can be light without the sun, but it is a light giver. And a, and a heat giver. So we'll, we'll get to that later. But what I was going to say is, when you think about light, I came up with, with a few things just in my research. So light is a source of life because if you were in complete darkness at all times, you probably wouldn't live long for a variety of reasons. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Correct. It is a source of truth. Now, this one's a little tricky. You say, what does that got to do? Because light actually helps you make decisions on what is true. Let me just give you an illustration. If if you didn't have any light and you went and got in your car, so your headlights wouldn't work, you're, if you had no light, well, you wouldn't live long because you wouldn't know if a tree had crossed the road, you wouldn't know where a car was coming. You you would you wouldn't be able to know what was what was true in your environment because you couldn't see it. You know, you'd you just walk off a cliff. Why? Because you can't see. So you can't determine what what is true and therefore you're would y'all agree with that? Or is that yeah. too a lot, a lot of wrecks. No, a lot of wrecks. Yeah, a lot of wrecks. Uh, it's also a source of joy, and that's this proven fact. If you, you know, go to a place even on the North Pole and South Pole where there's not a lot of light, it's you know, it's depressing. It, you would become depressed with no light. It 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 brings joy. Would you agree with that? The would highest I? depression rate, the highest depression rates in the world, are the places with the most darkness. No doubt about it. But it's also. Even though, so it's human race it, it's, is very dependent on light. Yeah, so it's a source of life, source of truth, source of joy. But even though that's true, too much of it can kill you. It can blind you, and it can kill you. Uh, and I did the research on that. You you you're exposed to too much light, so it's dangerous. And uh, so you probably see where I'm going with this. If when Jesus said, so when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, you you could apply those four principles that I just said that light uh, represents, and y'all have may have more. Well, he's the source of life. Well, that makes sense because he he's I am. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He he's is the resurrection and the light. You know, he's the source of life. You, you can go to the verses. Nothing that has been made that has been made was made without him. He, he's the source of life. There's no doubt. Uh, he's source of truth. You know, John, one again, you know, the law brought uh, 
the law brought, what's John 1 say, uh, shame and death, guilt and, and sin. Jesus, he's full of grace and truth. Uh, a source of joy. I mean, if you know where you came from, you know where you're going, you're happy. Uh, but it's all, he's also a source of danger because outside of the light, what do you have? I mean, you, how you view Jesus is literally a matter of life and death. It's dangerous. So that was what I was going to bring out about the importance. What, have, am I missing anything here? Well, yeah, you have light, simply put, so that you can see. Without it, you can't see. Can't see without light. Yeah, that's true. In other words, you, you, it takes away your having... I think you could say that. It's the source of sight. Yeah, it's a source of sight. Because even though you could see, if you didn't have light, you couldn't see. And it makes things that when they... Which is another principle you could apply when to something Jesus. something is dark, when, yeah. when the whole place is dark, there's no way to see what it is, that you, what kind of environment you're in. I mean... You have yeah. to see your environment, or you wouldn't know. No, I think that's right. But you mentioned that earlier about you, you would die. I mean, it, it's very dangerous. Oh, it's dangerous. Because you're, you're, you're in a sense, blind to your surroundings. Yeah. That's why you say, hey, uh, shine your light over here. Shine your light. Are you, I mean, look, in, as commercial fishermen, you remember that the light was very important. We'd get started for daylight. That's correct. And, and you... You just, it was mandatory. mandatory. It was right up there with boat paddle. Yep. Got to have a light. E even in the duck hunting world today, got to have it. Because you wind up, I mean, you remember when we had fog that morning that we went duck, I mean, like severe fog. The river was up. It was, yep. it was violent circumstances. Oh, yeah. And even though we had lights, the fog had come in there. Much harder. And, and, and could, when we left the house to go duck hunting and the water was way up, but you didn't. You were very dependent on a small little flashlight where you could see. Yeah. So we, we got lost even with that. We got turned around. Well, you, I actually was going the opposite direction down the river, That's thinking right. I was headed north and I was headed due south. Found the bank and was just following the bank, but I was headed due south. Finally, the way you could tell it, you said I finally looked at the river and saw the flow of it. Yeah. That way I knew I was either south or north of where we started from. Well, like an idiot, you know what I said? I said, Some, there's a phenomenon going on. And everybody said, what is it? I said, the current is flowing in the opposite direction. <laughs> instead it, of concluding, you're headed enough. Instead of me concluding I was going in the, in the wrong direction, I said, the, there's a phenomenon, <laughs> a supernatural occurrence in the river. <laughs> But I think that's what people do with Jesus also is that you're blinded and, and you can't see it. And you can be going in the exact wrong direction. I haven't looked at them all throughout the Bible, but there is a whole lot about seeing. Oh, well, you remember what he told Nicodemus? Or you, if you, without light, when the miracle was performed, how'd you see it? Exactly. So I wanted to bring this up, uh, 
and I think you'll find this fascinating. So light travels 186,000 miles per second. Yep. Well, did you know that nothing is faster? Nothing is faster than light. I didn't know that. Speed of light. Yeah, I thought there might be some other speed by which we... No, that is the fastest there is, is light. So there's nothing faster. So when I did a little internet search on that, now this is not a believer who wrote this. I just wanted to read it to you. It says, it's impossible to accelerate any material object up to the speed of light because it would take an infinite amount of energy to do so. Well, no wonder Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. It's beginning to make sense. <laughs> it's, the more I got into this, the more I said, oh, well, that was quite a statement. You know, I am the, I am the light of the world. I mean, and so what I also found fascinating is that light has no, it has zero matter. Zero. Now, when you read what the world has to say about that, they call them photons. When they give you the definition of light, now a photon, they just made that word up because they, you have to say something. Right? I think Jesus it, was saying, <laughs> what, I, 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 I'm going to fix it back to the, I said earlier, so that you could see. Well, right. So here's what I found interesting. And, and look, these are latest, uh, the latest technology. And I'm not picking on the science world. We, we, we need the scientific world. And science can be very uh, helpful. But don't ever doubt Which, it. Which, by the way, Jace, let me interject. You mentioned in the last podcast, or no, I think it was an overtime, you said about the, you mentioned, I think the way you put it was the light phasers or the torpedoes. Yeah, we did that. Guess what in, they call We did, did that in uh, uh, overtime. Uh, guess what they call them on Star Trek? Photon torpedoes. Yeah, so the photons, and, and we made a point that in John 18, when he said, I am, when he said that, he shot the Roman uh, legion, the the Roman uh, what what's the word I'm looking for uh, detachment, and those carrying the weapons who came to arrest Jesus. Jesus shot them by his declaring his name, "I am," with a with some kind of energy wave, because when he said that, it says they. All fell back and down. The whole they stepped crowd. back and fell down. It, it just blew. It was like a stunt you see on a movie. That's where I was making that illustration. If you didn't hear the overtime, he he literally what what sign uh, Star Trek and what you know Doctor Dread had a, or not Doctor Dread. What was he? Uh, <laughs> Judge Dread. <laughs> I think he's a ra- Doctor Dr. Dread's a rapper somewhere. <laughs> he's a rapper. Yeah, Judge Dread. <laughs> You know, we'd go and they'd shoot these. He just, he makes people fall down with bad lyrics, yeah. But I, you got to wrap your head around this. Jesus, and he, Jesus didn't have a phaser in his hand because he is light. He is energy. He, he, he is the law of Moses, but he, he is. And so therefore he, he just showed a demonstration of that. And he did it so that none of those with him would be lost, which is later on what John 18 said, 
because he was fulfilling prophecy because he came to fulfill the law and the prophets, and he did. And so, but he he displayed that. Well, that that put the, his attackers on the defensive because they thought he has some sort of weapon or some that's unseen. It's an invisible power surge that literally put all the soldiers on the ground. I mean, this is the person we're following. So I, I think Jesus had spiritual ramifications for saying I'm the light of the world. Because, by the way, mm. he also said that we're the light of the world, you know, in, in him. We're, that, that, that's where we've been elevated. But when you research why he said that and the metaphor used, because I'm, uh, I'm with C.S. Lewis on this, everything that was created, I believe, became a metaphor so that we could relate to God. And so he said, let there be light. So we understand how one day we could see and understand the concept of darkness. How would you understand darkness and the concept if you didn't have light? Because really when you think about what darkness is, what is darkness? What's the definition of darkness? It's, a, it's where there's no light. Can't see. Yeah, you see what I mean? But you wouldn't understand it if, they, if you didn't see it. And, darkness is an absence of light, that's right. Yeah, an absence of light. So, and, and, and you got to remember this, in Exodus 13, because we used Exodus 3 in the last, uh, in the I Am overview yeah. of, of in the burning bush, which, by the way, what is light? It is where energy or fire, it, it is the movement of that through, and, and I, when I say movement, the unseen movement of this energy because that's what how mm. science defines light they say it's photons no matter carrying energy and so here's what i found fascinating before i read the uh exodus 13 is that when i looked at the science involved of it they have recently concluded that light was before the stars it, the light is older than the star. They say every when we look at the cosmos, we keep seeing this light, the remnants of light. Now, they're just looking at a telescope saying, hmm, hmm, hmm. Well, it sounds like to me, then, to go back to our argument, that science has concluded something that God put in the first five verses of Genesis, in that there was light without the sun, moon, and stars. And and by the way, if you just do a quick uh, reference of that, you know, J James 1.17, 1 Timothy 6, talks about God as the father of the heavenly lights. And, you know, when you think about the angels, every time they're, they're on the scene, what do you see? Light. Remember at the resurrection, he, he, he looked like lightning. There's a verse in Revelation 18.1 that says when, and I know it's picturesque writing, but it says when an angel descended, it gave light to the earth. So I wanted to read this Exodus 13 and verse 21 and 22. It says, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of, of cloud to guide them in their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day and night. Neither the pillar 
of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people, which is, you remember when God led the Israelites and they had this cloud, and now you see that it was all, it was a source, you know, of, of light. Yeah, in John chapter 12, uh, after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, Lord, who has believed our message to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. For this reason they could not believe, because as Isaiah said elsewhere, he, the evil one, has blinded their eyes and deadened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes, which is the problem with Jesus. They, 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 he's talking to them and they can't see for what he is, nor understand with their hearts. They can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts, nor turn and I will heal them. If you can't see something, Jace, mm-hmm. you, 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 you can't believe it. You to, you know, seeing is believing. Yeah. But when these are blind, quite a bit about blind, by the way, blindness. and Well, to your point, Phil, you remember in Acts 9, I think it's Acts 9. You know, Hebrews uh, first, if you can't see without the light, you're blind and you're moping around. Both of you fall into a hole. The blind man can't lead the blind man. Somebody got to be able to see. Well, let me read you this, Phil. You remember uh, Saul slash Paul? Let me make sure this is. Yeah. So in Acts 9, 3, as he neared Damascus, and this is Saul, he's killing Christians. Yeah. And he and he's thinking he's right. Yep. And he nears Damascus on his journey. Now, listen to this terminology. Suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. Well, where'd that come from? It was more than the sun. Oh, yeah. More than the sun. Because you're seeing where I'm going with this. The sun was created. And and you said, well, what are we going to do when it burns up? You know, well, for us who are believers, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Do you? <laughs> I mean, God is the father of the heavenly lights. But anyway, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And to your point, he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Well, what happened to Saul? It blinded him. And three days. So then he was led. uh, So this verse 8, Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes... He could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind, did not eat or drink anything. And then he, you know, has a vision. He eventually surrenders, you know, to Christ. God does a miracle in that he received his sight. But I I think you're right. It comes back to when Jesus said, I am the light of of the world, the ramifications of that statement, just like I laid out, the source of life, truth, joy, and even danger, we just saw it, it blinded Saul in a physical way. The same thing you described, I thought about Luke 2, whenever they uh, the announcement of Jesus coming, same thing, the angels appeared to the shepherds, and guess what there was? A bright light in the glory of God shone around them same thing every time you see one of these moments you see this light that shines and it's something supernatural 
that's happening. So it's kind of what you're describing that you yeah. see throughout history. And it usually is something around Jesus or something around announcement or something around the glory or the power of God. And you see it Old Testament and New Testament. It's, and the whole, the whole thing is seeing through believing. That's, that's right. That's, you, you don't believe until your eyes are opened. It's yeah. said throughout the Bible. You have to open your eyes. God opened their eyes. So well, he, I found right. it. could see. I found it fascinating that in the secular world, they have concluded now, because light is really, boy, it is really baffled them. Baffled them. And so they said, well, because I was trying to just zero in on where did it come from. And so I finally found it, and they most they mostly agree. Now, these are people who don't believe in God. They said, well, 10 seconds after the Big Bang, that is the origin of light. 10 seconds. So, which is unbelievable when you think about the ramifications of this. They went down scientifically and said, you know, it just goes all the way back <laughs> to the beginning. And uh, that's why I just love the fact that when you, you read something in the Bible and you, you think the very argument that they were using against Christians fast-forwarded through hundreds of years, they finally came to the same conclusion. God created light for us to, to see. He created the sun later. But you say, well, how could he do that? Because he is light. <laughs> he, he's, he's bigger than what you have in your mind. Oh, well, we got to have the sun. Look, you take the sun away, your flashlight will work, but the ramifications of taking the sun away will cause you death. We, we needed that sun in day four because if you don't have the sun, you're not going to have any crops eventually. You're actually going to lose the capacity for the water, for our water to be in liquid form, and we'll all die. But that's nothing that we didn't know anyway. I mean, we're going to die whether we have the sun or not, yep. which is, a you know, we'll get to Jesus' also life. So I, I think it was a fascinating study. I wanted to bring this up, Al. So I read an article. This is not a Christian article, so I'm warning you. But I, I thought it's fascinating. That the reason I read it is because it was titled Light as a Cosmic Time Machine. I mean, that got my attention. And I thought, oh, boy, I bet this is good. But actually, it was good. And the reason they said that, because I thought, what, are you believing in time machines now? And and because it, it fit perfectly with the foundation that we built these this, where Jesus got this statement, I am, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, even though he took on a different form by becoming a human. But he's referencing seeing Satan fall like lightning from heaven in Luke 10. How could, how could he be claiming that? How could he be claiming before Abraham was, I am? How could he be claiming that he wrote the law of Moses? I mean, well, he, he did. He just became a human so that we could see him, to your point. So, But here was their point. The point was it was all about how light travels so it is a time machine because when, so if you walk outside right now, if it's clear where you're at and you look at the sun, you say, yeah, I'm looking at the sun right now. No, you're not. 
Right now, you're looking at the, how the sun was eight and a half minutes ago. Because it took that long for that light to travel. So it is a time machine per se. They're saying that the more you look, and they had the, they had the whole categories of how long it's taking the light. That's why we started discovering more after a while once we got our telescopes. Because you, if you live long enough through generations, we're actually just now being able to see things because the longer we're here, uh, the more we can see the reflection of the light that's traveling. Which I thought was quite. Oh, that's why. That's why you look at these new telescopes that they, you know, they've first it was the Hubble, now it's the James Webb, which is the newer one, which is like a hundred times more powerful. So they're looking out across the expanse of the universe, and these they're they're so powerful. We're actually seeing things, but by the time we're seeing them, it, so much time has passed because of time travel of the light that. You know, we're watching things form that formed a long time ago. I mean, in other words, it's it's mind bending to try to even imagine it because of this idea of the speed of light, which is Jason's mission. So, again, it's a it's a little hard to wrap your mind around, but you got to understand that Jesus is the light of the world. So, as long as I understand he him, then I don't have to worry too much about this idea about time. Well, that's why he's outside. That's why I read that definition when when I realized that nothing is faster. It's impossible to, and I want to read this again because I know it's really deep to wrap your head around. It's impossible to accelerate any material object up to the speed of light because it would take an infinite amount of energy to do so. Yes, Jesus is the truly the light of the world. <laughs> he is the light, not only of the world, he's just the light. I mean, of the world almost kind of cheapens it. I, I wanted to read this. Uh, this is Second Corinthians. Because, you know, a lot of these analogies I think I had missed because I, I didn't realize the gravity of his statement. But when it says, Second uh, Corinthians 4, verse 5, For we do not preach ourselves, which goes back, to this fundamental principle that we went over in the first installment of this about the I am, which is what makes Jesus different than any other religious leader is he or religious movement. Is he saying there is a God and you're looking at him? I, I'm, I'm God in human form. And the natural conclusion that you're, or the spiritual conclusion that you're going to, the implication of, of that truth is that you find a God that's looking for you. That's why he came to this earth. All other religions are saying, here's how, you, here's how you find God. Here's how you make it. If you do this, you'll make it. If you do these seven things or three things or 14 things, what you realize, God is different. You, you come to the conclusion that, oh, not only is he God, but he's in pursuit of me. He, he's like, I'm the way to this. Come on. That's what he was telling Thomas, you know, in John 14. So, so we don't preach ourselves because who, who am I to go back to the Exodus 3 reference of Moses? He, Moses had the right conclusion. We should all be saying, who am I? We preach Jesus Christ as Lord. 
And not just Savior, as Lord. He is the ruler, controller, sustainer, not only of my life, but of everything. It all revolves around him. And ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And, and watch what he says in verse 6. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness. Now, that's a statement that I had underestimated. So the, to get back to the controversy about, well, well, he made the sun four days later. God made light out of darkness. Go try that. You would have to be light to be able to do that. So mm -hmm. I don't know why people are getting so bent out of shape about that he provided some sort of light for three days before we had the sun. Because, look, he, he he's also going to make du a man from dust. Well, if, you know, the arguments are going to, they should get length. Why Why are you putting all your eggs in this basket? Because <laughs> he made his light shine in our hearts yeah. to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the face of Christ. Yeah, I was what gonna, a, what, Well, then he's going to make a spiritual trend. What a statement. But what I'm saying is he made a physical declaration that he he let light shine out of darkness because that's a reference to genesis 1 3 you see that oh yeah but then he made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light i mean how many times has he said light in here of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of christ so i didn't just try to make the physical illustration. I actually read this first. You see what I mean? And it led me to Genesis 1. It led me to the controversy that I read on the internet. Oh, the Bible's in error. They've got light before the sun. Well, now the even unbelieving scientists, they have light before the sun. They said there's something out there that produced light, and we just can't put our finger on it. So I've got a um, I've got a simple theory about that too, but since we're out of time because we spend our podcast on this fantastic "I Am the Light of the World," I have to give my simple theory in the overtime. There's my tease for if you want to follow us over on Genesis one because uh, I agree with everything you said, Jace, about light because it was there uh, in the beginning because of who God is. So I'll tell you my theory uh, if you want to hear it. Uh, in the overtime, blazetv.com slash unashamed. I do want to mention Jason's wearing a really cool unashamed shirt as well as the mugs I noticed you guys are using today on our podcast. You go to philmerch.com if you want to get some of our really cool unashamed merchandise. So check that out. If you want to follow us over for a little more discussion about the very first of seven uh, of the I am. Jason, I think I'm going to rename this. It's I am more than a metaphor. That's what I we're going to call it. this series now. Yeah, because you said that earlier. I thought, now that's it. I am more than a metaphor, seven metaphorical statements that Jesus uses. So blazetv.com slash unashamed if you want to follow us over overtime. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.